0: Today we all may be pushing daisies, so sing along as loud as you can. Today we all may be pushing daisies, so put up each and every single one of your hands. Today we all may be pushing daisies, so sing along as loud as you can. Today we
1: all may be pushing Hey, you're listening to the Beyond the Page podcast, where we go beyond the Oregon State campus and into our communities to talk about the best thing in life, Art. This podcast is hosted by the PRISM staff, OSU's art and literary journal, for students, by students. I'm your host today, Tosca Rutolo. Before we jump into today's podcast, I'm here to let you know that the new edition of PRISM will be out on the stands on March 4th. Keep an eye on our social media for upcoming dates surrounding our new publication and our launch party on the 4th. Natalie and I cannot wait for y'all to see what we've been cooking up here at PRISM and are so hyped to share the gorgeous art literature and poetry we've collected over the year follow us on our social media and get ready for an amazing new edition check out our updates it'll be out on march 4th today i'm joined by danny shaw local vocalist and guitarist danny shaw is absolutely loved by the corvallis house show community and is often seen accompanying billy and the kids skeleton boy aunt jello and glide divine on our local stages you just heard a clip from his song, Pushing Daisies, and stick around to the end of the podcast to hear some more. You can stream it and his other singles anywhere you listen to music. You can also check out Danny's live performance at Bridge City Sessions, which is linked in this podcast's bio. Thank you so much for joining me today, Danny.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing great. It's a beautiful, sunny day. I rode my bike over here, so that was really Nice.
1: Nice. And so we have a little bit of a surprise for our listeners. I see you brought your guitar into the studio today.
2: That is right. So I
1: think what we're going to do is have you play one of your songs, Uh, a little sneak peek for our listeners who haven't heard you before, and then they can go and check you out or see you live. So we're going to pause real quick, get set up, and then we'll have a song to play.
0: clear I can't help but to drift into the sunny day dreams of my mind I will slip so warm on my skin oh so so beautiful never seen something so perfect and pure never felt this way before I think I might not be crazy anymore if I could I would catch this feeling in a bottle wrap it up in bubble wrap and save it for tomorrow a rainy day is coming I might need a rain jacket so I'll reach for the bottle from the backpack and crack it myself a tower, take a spray can and paint a giant image of a flower on it Plenty, pitching pennies to the people pitted to the power, pinching pretty pennies Purely evil, a loser lasts longer Than a fluid fella flaking A shadow shine brightest when it's shivering and shaking On an outing of it, obviously, I'm voting Dinging, the birds and the buzzards Brought together, started singing Tower to the dollars, multiply by two by ten by twenty Silly sammy, the pretty slinging sunshine On a rainy day, you are just what I need But I can't predict the weather, baby I can only please To feel your flood again Your breath is the breeze You bring me down to my knees And your hair is the leaves On the trees That keep changing with the season How did I find this place? Looking at your face You've completely encased me in you I'll reach for the bottle from the backpack and crack it Stack up all my problems, gonna build myself a tower Take a spray can and paint a giant image of a flower on it A giant image of a flower on it Catch this feeling in a bottle, wrap it up in bubble wrap and save it for tomorrow. A rainy day is coming, I might need a rain jacket, so I'll reach for the bottle from the backpack and crack it. Stack up all my problems, gonna build myself a tower, take a spray can and paint a giant image of a flower on it. A giant image of a flower on it power to the plenty pitching pennies to the people pity to the power pinching pretty pennies purely evil a loser lasts longer than a fluid fella flaking a shadow shine shines brightest when it's shivering and shaking on an outing I've been obviously omnipotent being the birds and the buzzards brought together started singing tower to the tallers multiply by two by ten by twenty silly seventy fifty slinging sunshine toss a quarter to the tiller toss another to the tab bark in order for the scrilla leave the bank and hide the stash launder the collection split them off the down low make a million and make a move on down to mexico I'm a big bad baron kicking back on the beach i ain't gotta worry with my little friend and reach too tall thinking tell me try to learn from what you teach give the power to the people pray they pick up what you preach
1: awesome dude that was so great thank you so much for performing that what was that song called
2: that song is breath is the breeze and it's actually it's on spotify so you can find it on there you can find it on apple music uh, as well as all of the other things Bandcamp and itunes whatever it may be
1: nice anywhere you stream music anywhere
2: you stream music
1: so before we jump into any serious topics or anything why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself and you know your journey to the musician you are today
2: okay um so yeah i i've lived in corvallis for a couple of years now right i'm pretty much right before uh the pandemic i moved here about five months before it um but uh yeah i i mean I guess further back. I started playing guitar when I was 11. Got one on my 11th birthday and have pretty much been playing ever since. Um, And was in lessons for a couple years on and off and then uh, joined a couple bands uh, just between middle school and high school. Um, One of those bands I was actually the bass player for and that was, you know, arguably the only band that we ever did anything Mm -hmm. in. Uh, We played some shows. A couple pretty cool ones we played at like the Roseland Theater and uh, the Hawthorne Theater both up in Portland Um, this was when I was like 16 and 17 too so it was kind of a big deal back then to me at least Um, and they were they were good shows but uh, we were kind of like punk rock mixed uh, like almost metal in a lot of ways but um, I didn't really like being a bassist at the Mm -hmm. time even though now I almost feel like I'm meant to be a bassist, but at the time I really was just like, ah, let me play guitar. Let me play guitar for this next song we write, you know, and mm-hmm. it kind of never went that way. And they all ended up moving out of state and I didn't go with them. So the band kind of dissolved after a little while. Um, but those were some really fun times. And then, uh, fast forward a little bit, uh, over a couple of years, I, I played in a little band called painted. That was the next band I was in. And then, um, it was kind of like an acoustic. I played acoustic guitar, my friend played bass and then our friend uh, well his name was Braden and then uh, our friend Ellen, she uh, played like hand drums and stuff cool. um, for it and uh, we wrote some cool stuff and we still I, st- I actually still perform a lot of that stuff now. Um, if you ever hear me play like some piratey sounding stuff, it's mm-hmm. most likely from that little time period that I that I wrote it with uh, them and, uh, actually the most recent house show I played here in town, um, Braden, or we all call him BJ, um, he jumped up for, I think, three songs for that and he just sang them. He plays bass normally, but um, he uh, he didn't have the bass with him that night. So anyway, though, um, yeah. So then I started actually doing my own solo performances around 2021 21 um, in Salem. So I grew up in Kaiser, Salem area. Mm-hmm. And so that's where the majority of all the performances that I used to do in the beginning, at least, were. Um, And a lot of those venues shut down, actually. So it's kind of unfortunate. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, around like 2017, I was playing shows all the time uh, between open mics and, you know, my own sets and Mm -hmm. stuff. But it was all because, like, I just finally decided to be like, okay, I'm just going to play solo. And, (laughs) you know, if if my friends want to jump in on stage with me, they can, but, you know, I... Decided at one point I wasn't going to wait. Sorry, that's my phone going off. I'll silence that real quick. But um, (laughs) Yeah, so I I started out playing a bunch of open mics in 2017. And doing that just introduced me to so many people just Mm -hmm. really fast. And that just led one thing to another. And I started getting my own gigs pretty regularly. Um, There was a point where I was playing pretty much every single weekend somewhere. Mm. Um, And then... Also, a really good friend of mine, Matt, um, who helped me record that Pushing Daisies that you played at the beginning of this, and um, he also helped me record all the other stuff that's currently on Spotify. Um, Me and him used to live together in Salem, and after I had moved out, uh, he had turned the house into like a little venue, um, which uh, he just had these big open mics at it, and they were, it was like, you know, a little smaller than most of these house shows that I've seen here in Corvallis at least, but it was still like really intimate, fun setting, you know, super comfortable spot to play music at and uh, it just got really popular and through that I started meeting even more people just exponentially faster Mm -hmm. and that led to a lot of really good gigs at the time. Um, So yeah, and then I, I, you know, after that moved up to Portland for a little bit and kind of stopped performing as much. It was a little harder to get into the Portland scene, I felt like, especially as, like, an acoustic guitar player. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, you know, I'd go to a dive bar or something, they'd be having an open mic, but, like, I don't know. It, it felt a lot less personal there. Like, people just didn't really care as much about mm-hmm. live music because it's just like, oh, there's, there's live music at every street corner here, like, you know. But yeah, um, yeah. So that was that's one impression I've got from Portland. But then also just the fact that, like, I just don't know the right people in Portland, I think is what it is, you know, so I haven't found the right gigs to play. But aside from that though, still, I've been finding some more shows out there lately, but since I moved down to Corvallis, everything kind of slowed down uh, because of the pandemic and all that. Um, But then, yeah, I just kind of, just recently, I don't know, it was December and I had hit up IHOP House. I saw them mm-hmm. on Instagram and was just like, hey guys, you wanna do a show sometime? I'd, I'd love to come play there. And um, they actually got back to me. I kind of didn't expect them to. Um, but they got back to me and were just like, yeah, we'd love to have you. Uh, what about, I think it was December 2nd or something that I played there the first time. And uh, it was with Billy and the kids and Aunt Jello. And um, I think it might've just been them two. And then uh, that was the first house show I played here in Corvallis, and it was freaking awesome. It was it was like yeah. it was really cool. Everybody uh, responded great, um, you know. And I was just playing solo too, so like it's kind of hard to go into something like that and like get people to respond that way. Sometimes I feel like, but I I feel that the crowd here in Corvallis is just very receptive to yeah. uh, to live music in general, but also just like you know everybody here they just want to have fun it's not like i'm at like a dive bar and it's just like a bunch of old guys <laughs> like sitting at the bikers, table yeah. trying to watch football on the tv <laughs> or something you know and it's just like oh why is this freaking kid in here playing music i yeah. throw on acdc or something you know and uh but no so it's it's really fun playing in a place like this you know where everyone's kind of young and like minded mm-hmm. and just uh you know just having fun and it's a small town here too so and of course, with uh, things kind of relaxing a little bit in the COVID world, um, it's just everybody is just antsy to go do something right now. And yeah. they like, and so I feel like I've tapped into that a little bit too, which I w- it, I kind of had a feeling, you know, through all of this time, I've like known that there's gonna be this point in time where, you know, stuff is just awesome, like cooler than it's ever felt like it's been. You know, and it's this, someone said, uh, it was Justice from Reptile Love Child. Uh, they're also local. Mm. Um, I think he's actually from Lebanon, but he. I we actually just played the last uh, house show I played at together. And, oh, yeah, um, that
1: was a great show. I was yeah. there. That was awesome. Oh, you were <laughs> awesome.
2: Yeah, that, that was so fun. Like, that was honestly, arguably, in my opinion, that was one of my favorite performances I've ever done. Um, but uh, I felt like I kind of outdid myself that time. But anyway, though, so... He had said something, the way he put it was, it was a post-COVID culture boom right now. And uh, I, I felt that's like the perfect description of what's happening. And maybe, maybe it's not just that. I don't like to give COVID credit, but, um, mm-hmm. but you know, it, it is, you can't argue that a lot of people have been cooped up for a while. And so I think everyone's just more than elated. And a lot of these people they're you know, I'm a little bit older than most of the people that I see at these houses and, um. I feel that a lot of them, they haven't even been to live shows yet, you know, and this is like the first time and they're all getting to like 21, 22, you know, whereas like, I don't know, I wasn't in the house scene before COVID happened. Um, So I don't really know if it was the exact same before or not, but um, I've heard it was a little different at least. Um, And, you know, all these houses uh, being here, it's like you know, Corvallis is what, like five miles across, like, I can, like, I can ride my bike and get to anybody's house in town, and, you know, it's like, I don't need to drive, I don't need to, you know, so it's like, you know, a lot of people might go into, or they might, you know, be, uh, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. They they might just not want to go because mm-hmm. they're like, Okay, well if I'm going to a house party, like I want to drink, but I don't want to drive home and mm-hmm. all this stuff. It's like you can literally just walk. Yeah. You know, and get there. And so I think that's like a big advantage that Corvallis has over maybe other cities and towns is just how small it is, how compact, yet like how many people there are that do like live music because it's uh it's kind of hard to find that elsewhere. Like, I mean, growing up in Salem, I had never Seen a cool house show like like I see here, and I don't know if it's just because there's all these university students here and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, I I know that's a big factor for it for sure. But I mean, Salem has a university also, at Willamette, you know. Um Yeah. But growing up there, I had never seen a house show like this, yeah. like the ones that I see here at least. Like, and the ones that I would see, it'd all just be DJs and stuff, yeah. you know. And like, it at the time. I feel the people that I grew up with like the high school I went to and the people that were a little older than me at the time too like none of them really cared that much about live music like they were all just very like oh it's a DJ or you know they'll go to a club but like they don't go to Portland to go see a cool live show unless it's like the Moda Center or something and mm-hmm. see Red Hot Chili Peppers or like <laughs> one of the one of the biggest names you can see and no no shade on Red Hot Chili Peppers yeah. or anything like but um you know it's I get just what
1: you're saying. Yeah. yeah
2: you know it's just the the pop stuff that most people grow up on that you know a lot of people are only willing to go see and if mm-hmm. it's like if it's not somebody they've heard of before then they must not be good you know and so that was I feel like that's kind of the the uh the community that I grew up in um so it's really refreshing to see like, so many people just all about it here. And, like, yeah. just, you know, it, when I'm a lot of my songs are pretty, like, sing alongable, too, you know, you can sing to them pretty easily. And, um, you guys just do. Everybody here in this town just does. Like, when I, every time I'm like, hey, sing this part with me, or, like, even, like, I'll just, like, hint at it. I don't know. Some of my songs just, like, tell you to in the lyrics. But, um, You know, and just everybody just does it. They just, they're like, yeah, let's, you know, and I don't know. So it's, it's really like empowering almost. It like, I can't like describe like the feeling that gives me inside, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. But, um, but then, you know, like I, I just played the last three weeks in a row, I played a gig in uh, Portland and each one of them was like, I mean, nobody knows my name in Portland. So like nobody was there and there was a few people, but I was mostly playing for the bands and stuff Mm -hmm. and, um. Which is fun to me, but it's also like it's humbling after going from (laughs) going from like these house shows with like maybe 200 plus people in them and like everybody just completely in it to like playing for an empty bar, you know, or like or people that just you know they're talking over it, they don't care very much, you know, and it's like so it's it's humbling. It's nice to like go and be like, okay, yeah, I'm I'm not famous yet only in Corvallis (laughs) but that is that is one of the experiences I've had with these house shows so far is like I mean I didn't know anybody before December in this town and then like now it's like I feel like everywhere I go I run into like 12 people who just like oh Danny oh Danny and like you know forgive me too if I don't know your name if you do run into me in public in public because uh I've I've met so many people in the last like three months. It's just been wild. Um, like, gosh, just on Instagram, I have like 200 more followers than I did two months ago. And it's like, so (laughs) I don't know. It's interesting. And so I can kind of see the numbers just through my Instagram following alone, but it's, it's been crazy. I've been meeting a lot of people, so it's cool. Thank you, Corvallis. I appreciate (laughs) that from all of you.
1: Yeah. Do you uh, do you like have any advice for any young musicians or bands that are trying to get gigs here in Corvallis?
2: Yeah, um, so One of the things and I've already talked about open mics a little bit But um, that's something I always recommend to people is go to open mics and try You know uh, if there's multiple things it does for you is for one you get to see all the other people who want to play music in your town um, and you get a chance to meet them and talk to them. Um, and then also on top of that, you know, you get a chance to show them your music, you know, which I mean, you know, it sounds obvious and everything. But mm-hmm. like that gives you it gives you a lot of ability to like test out songs, too. You know, it's like, OK, well, I already have a list of, you know, say you have 10 songs, but you don't know the crowd reaction to any of them. You know, they're all slightly different in one way or another. and. Uh, like okay well I can take this song and if everybody's yawning and falls asleep in this in the middle of this song well maybe that's a song I'll play for people that are you know trying to go to bed or something (laughs) instead of instead of you know bring that to like an opening set or something you know um but so playing open mics going to shows in general also um that's important in my eyes at least because it really shows you what things can become and you can see what people are doing right you can see what people may be doing wrong maybe you see someone on stage and they just say something that's like total like just makes them look like a total jerk you know and uh it's like oh well (laughs) never gonna say that on stage you know or like you know and i mean i've i've probably been been guilty of that more than once in my life too or i just say something totally stupid into a microphone but um not like terribly but you know, yeah. I, I I've definitely done it. I've said some awkward things, and um, <laughs> but uh, you know, it it gives you a chance to get comfortable on a microphone with an audience. You know, everybody kind of falls victim to like, the first time you hear yourself through a speaker or like a recording of your voice or something, like it just, it just throws you off. It's like, oh wow, that that's what I sound like. Like right now, I'm gonna listen back on this and just like, it's, I'm just it's gonna kill me inside a little bit. Um. <laughs>
1: It's okay, I do the same thing.
2: Yeah, you know, and, uh, and a lot of people actually tell me that, too. They're like, your, your singing voice sounds so much different than your talking voice. And it's just like, yeah, like, thank you. Um, <laughs> 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 I know. But, um, so, but, yeah, so going to shows, just going to tons of shows, and that was one of the things that I did in Portland that I do feel like actually benefited me a lot, um, just in my time living in Portland, even though I wasn't playing a lot of shows at the time. I was um I was just going to tons of shows. One of my friends out there, really good friend of mine, Jeff. Um, he uh he's just total music fan, just live music fan. He goes to live shows like four to six times a week and um, and he lives right in like the heart of Portland too so like, you know, it's easy to go to shows when you're living that close to so many of them. And uh, so me and him would just like meet up all the time. And I lived right on the the blue line for the Max. So I'd just mm. take the train over there real quick nice. to downtown. And we'd just hop on somewhere and just find a show and then find another show and just go to all sorts of them. And um, during that time, you know, I was, I was also working at Guitar Center during that time too. So I was learning about sound in general, all the gear that goes into it. And then that's something I guess I could recommend to any musician is get a job at a music store. That's a, that's a, it'll teach you a lot of stuff and you'll meet a ton of musicians through that. Um, obviously not everybody can work at, you know, the three music shops in town, but, um, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, um, gosh, I, I was on a tangent there. I forgot where I was going, but yeah, going to shows is awesome. Um, you'll learn a lot from that. And then, uh,
1: If I could add to that. Yeah, yeah, please. Um, Like, from the perspective of an audience member, like, before COVID, I only went to, like, one or two shows, and then obviously COVID happened, got locked down, Um, and I meet a lot of people who are like, oh, man, I love live music, I love house shows, I just don't know where they are, or I've heard people say, like, I don't get invited to them. It's like the best advice like from personal experience i can give somebody who wants to start going to house shows in corvallis is just follow the bands on instagram that's how i knew like i was also like oh i'm not getting invited it's like no you don't get invited you just see the posters and you go um like follow uh, danny shaw on instagram follow any other band that you've heard of or you've maybe like seen people talk about just follow them on instagram they'll post about shows so if you want to like get into that world that's the best way to do it at least for me I think
2: yeah absolutely and like you know that's that's where I advertise all of my shows is mm. Instagram like there's you know I'm I'm uh still part of the Facebook generation so I'll advertise mm. my shows on there too but not not as much as I do on Instagram even um so I I mean I don't know what I'm gonna do when Instagram dies but <laughs> um <laughs>
1: go to the metaverse
2: yeah the metaverse I guess but um go
1: to TikTok maybe
2: uh, yeah, I see it. TikTok's awesome, but I don't think you can really advertise shows on it very well.
1: No, it, the algorithm um, is so messed up. Like, yeah. even if you follow someone, there's a good chance you wouldn't see it's it. It's like,
2: I'd see it like a month later. It's yeah, like, oh, exactly. that, that would have been a cool show, I'm sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so definitely, you know, adding bands, that's, and that goes into, it's, you know, everyone calls it networking, essentially, is just like, you know, just go add add your favorite bands in town or add a band that like you think might be similar to you or something and see where those people are playing at. Um, That's another thing I do just with uh, if I'm looking for a place to play out of town, Mm -hmm. I'll actually use hashtags. I'll like type uh, like Ashland. I I was just looking for a spot to play in Ashland the Mm -hmm. other day and I typed in Ashland or hashtag Ashland music and found like, three venues that are constantly having music there you know That's just awesome. just like that and like you know I was able to narrow it down I'm like okay well who books solo acoustic acts and mm. then I found that really easily too so just using you know we we have all these tools the internet and like social media and stuff really like provides so much for uh, independent musicians now that it's like it's incredible really like how much it's changed even just in the last 10 years like it's it's super helpful if you can record your own demos, you know, and that's something that in the last 15 years has become way more accessible to independent musicians. Um, just, you know, all you have to do is buy a microphone, a little audio interface, and have some sort of computer, which, like, I mean, between all of that, you know, I know a few hundred dollars is kind of tough sometimes for people, but, like, I mean, it it's still cheaper than, like, you know, spending a couple thousand dollars on a studio, Mm -hmm. like on, uh, you know, to to go spend six hours in a studio and like maybe get a good take, you know, where you didn't mess up. Like that's another issue I get from recording is just like I can play live and not mess up at all, but then just like as soon as I'm trying to record myself, like I just cannot get a good take and it. It's funny how it happens, but.
1: Yeah, we can also keep moving on. Like I was gonna ask if you had like a favorite moment or story from a live show you've played
2: yeah so there's or there's a couple it, actually yeah. yeah there's a couple actually recently there is a fun one um so it's i think they're calling it the ant hill now but it's a house mm-hmm. a house venue here in town it's uh one of the members of ant jello and
1: they're think, having a show on saturday too right
2: yes they yeah. are actually um i think it's april 9th right where it's there's oh. gonna be like five bands playing at it too it looked like a really big show That's so exciting. yeah it is kind of exciting I'm, I'm gonna try to go to that for sure but um yeah so at that show, so the way their basement's set up, it's like a really really steep stairwell, It's super super mm-hmm. sketchy and uh <laughs> so, but it like goes down and then there's like a rail on the back side, and they they that's kind of where they had the uh the bands keep all their equipment was like on the back side of the rails mm-hmm. where like you know, the stage wasn't over there, so it made sense because uh, that's not where the crowd was and anyway, so. I was back there, and this girl that I had met prior, uh, she told me her name was Dre, and uh, we were talking and stuff. And then I was I was planning on playing a song with Aunt Jello, Um, so this was after my set, and um, so she's sitting in that little stairwell part Mm -hmm. where uh, where there's like you know the cracks in the what the banister I guess you'd call it, Um, and uh, so anyways I, I asked her I was like hey so. They're going to cue me to come play a song with them. And when that happens, I'm going to hand my guitar to you through this rail right here. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to run it through the crowd and meet me at the at the stage. And uh, she totally did it. And it was it was freaking awesome. Like she like weaved through the whole crowd and stuff and like brought me the guitar. It looked supernatural, just I jumped up and just all of a sudden like someone just ran me a guitar and it was awesome that she did that and so that was that was really fun for me and actually that that moment led into her inviting me to play at a house party at her house in Salem um so it just like you know it kind of turned into another really cool thing too and that was just this last weekend um and that was super fun anyway but so that was kind of a cool moment. There's also one, to uh, an embarrassing moment I'll, I'll give out to. Um, <laughs> so I, I've been a longtime attendee of uh, the uh, Oregon Country Fair. been going every year since, like, 2012. And, of course, not during COVID times because I shut down. But anyways, um, in 2017, I was playing at an open mic, and somebody that I met at that open mic actually invited me to play on stage with him at the fair, um, which another reason I always recommend open mics to people is because, like, I've... Most of my shows have stemmed from me playing at an open mic and meeting somebody there. Anyway, so this guy, um Esperance is his name. um I'm, That's me saying it with an American accent, so I, I totally butchered it. Anyway, um he invited me to play. He's like, hey, so I'm... My band is playing at this uh this little music festival called the Oregon Country Fair. Um would you like to would you like to play at it with us? We need a secondary guitarist and like it was clear by like how humble he was about it and everything that he had never been there before. And it was I was just like, "Yes, please. Like let me play there, please. Like I'll I'll yeah, anything." And so, practice a set, like got it down pretty good and um we played three different days in a row while we were there, and on th- uh, the Saturday night, though, uh, we played on the main stage um, just one song. It's something called The Midnight Show, and at midnight, they have this big, it's pretty much an open mic that they do, mm-hmm. but it's for, like, 7,000 people, wow. um, and, and it's, like, at midnight, everybody is just in the crowd, just in the darkness. You can't actually see anybody, but it was it was a lot of people there for sure, and... um. So, it was, like, our turn to go up and play one song, and the first kind of embarrassing part that I look back on is that, like, I was just so excited, and in the moment, that, like, I just jumped up on the stage immediately, and, like, I, th- I think back on that now and feel kind of bad, because, like, I am not the front of his band, you know? So, yeah. I was like, he probably should have been the one to be the first face to pop up on stage. So that's, like, a little embarrassing for me, but then... The, uh, the other thing though is, um, so his drummer came and his drummer wasn't there the night before and I actually hadn't had a chance to practice with their drummer yet so the day before we were just playing without a drummer and but the, it was it's all this very like they call it Afro-Cuban, Afro-Cuban music I believe um, it's very like interesting rhythm and everything mm-hmm. and anyway
1: practicing without a drummer is a recipe for disaster.
2: Right, and so it was just me playing in, like, 4-4. <laughs> but then, like, their drummer's actually playing something, like, totally different. Yeah, like, it, it's this, like, really foreign, like, African-type beat, you know? And so, like, me and the drummer were just not on with each other at all. And on top of that, like, we could barely hear anything, too. Because it was, like, such a big stage and such a big crowd. And, like, I don't know, for whatever reason, like... We just couldn't hear each other, and um, so <laughs> yeah, we I think we we kind of bombed that set in front of like seven thousand people, but um, the, you, I mean, know, you know
1: it's a learning experience. It's okay. <laughs> the next the next
2: day went really good, That's and the day dead. before it went really good. But yeah, me and him though, um, his name was Eric, the drummer. Um, just we both like went backstage, and we both just kind of looked at each other and just like. We both just did really bad, didn't we? You know, and yeah. it, so that was a pretty embarrassing uh, pretty embarrassing moment.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> you live and you learn it's not always going to be yeah. perfect. Yeah.
2: It wasn't uh it wasn't under the name Danny Shaw. Hey, well, so that's I mean. fortunate. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's good.
2: Yeah. Um But yeah, so I mean, it I you know, I'm probably my biggest critic on it too, you know. I I did I was able to see enough that people were dancing. That's good. At least but you know you, you know, never know i mean I, I'm sure the, plenty
1: of people in the crowd were drunk enough that it didn't Yeah add. exactly
2: i was about to say it's the Oregon Country Fair like they probably would have been <laughs> dancing anyways but
1: that's awesome if you
2: haven't been to the Oregon Country Fair that's another thing i should recommend to uh to any musicians in town as well as just anybody in town who loves music art and um camping and if you don't like camping go anyways cuz it's it'll change your life it really will and um yeah, I, I don't think I would be the musician that I am today if it hadn't been for me going to fair so many so many years and stuff. That's so that's
1: awesome. I've never been. I should check it out. What yeah, you in definitely Oregon, should.
2: It? It's in Veneta. So oh. it's actually it's it's straight down ninety nine from here, south pretty much. Um it's it's a little bit west of Eugene. Nice. Um about twenty minutes west of Eugene. And so yeah, it's really not that far from here. So That's really cool. Yeah. And it's it's the second weekend of July every year. Um, oh, nice. And it's going to be all that you have to be vaccinated to get in and everything this year. It's the first time it's happening again since 2019, I think was the last one. And it was uh, that was their 50th year anniversary. So,
1: wow.
2: yeah, it's and it, a lot of people are like they get this misconception that it's like country music because it's called the Oregon Country Fair. But it's not necessarily like it's not a country festival. It's not like mm-hmm. a super twangy country festival. Even though like you'll you'll hear a lot of cool twangy folk stuff, but like you'll hear all types of music there and as well as just everything else. If you like to party, you'll have fun. Um, so That's
1: awesome. <laughs> so like what does the future look like for you? Like, do you have some live gigs coming up that you want to promo? Are you recording anything?
2: I do have some gigs coming up. Um, On the 22nd, I'm playing at the Ant Hill, Um, that one I was talking about. There, they have a show this Saturday, but I'm not on that one. But the 22nd, I'll be playing there with Ant Jello. At least I'm not sure who else will be there. Um, And then the next night, actually, I'm playing in Eugene. I haven't played in Eugene before, so I'm pretty excited to do this. And it's at the Blue Dragon House. I think. Oh
1: yeah, I've heard good things. Yeah,
2: I think Onion Machine just played there um, last Saturday, and. I wanted to go to it, but I had my own gig that night. Um mm-hmm. But that's kind of one of the one of the struggles that I've experienced and experience all the time is like during my gigs, there's all these other cool things happening too, and I'm just like, dang it, I can't go because I'm playing <laughs> can't my be own show. At once. Yeah, I know. Um so that's that's one of the major downfalls of being a gigging musician, I guess, is you have to miss all your friends' shows. But um But yeah, so those two gigs and then I know there's some stuff coming up beyond that, but it's all a little bit smaller stuff. Um, there's, I think there's on May 7th I'm playing a show in Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know many details about that yet. But anyways, those two shows should be pretty big and pretty fun um, coming up here. Uh, recently I've been trying to get um, at least to form a three-piece. Um, I'm not sure if I'll go by the Danny Shaw trio. I really don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. But... I also don't want to have to like totally rebrand myself either. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, so I'm, I'm playing with my friend Charles. Um, he lives in Eugene right now, so it's kind of tough, but he's really good drummer. Uh, one of the best drummers that I know personally, at least. Mm-hmm. And, um, he's, uh, he's just, he's really fun to work with. He's got, he's super professional. He rents his own studio space in Eugene. And so it's really easy to go practice with him. I just go down there and he's got the whole setup. Like I just, plug into his PA and he's he's all mic'd up on his drum kit and everything it's super cool but me and him met through this uh small like renegade festival that happens here it's uh it's this guy that I know in Salem he throws it every year but it's called boombox in the boondocks and it's like a it's like a small like EDM renegade fest um but it was it was the first one I'd ever gone to and my friend Matthew who's the guy who actually recorded my um uh, my songs uh, on, that are on Spotify right now, he uh, he had invited me to it originally because his band was playing. And he's like, dude, you should come see my band play. And uh, at the time, they were going by uh, Company of Fools was their name, and they were playing. That that was the whole plan. I was there hanging out with them all day, and then their bassist mes- uh, messaged them and was just like, Hey, I'm not coming. Uh, I quit the band or something like that, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're like, oh, crap, we need a bass player then. And I was like, I'll play bass. And they had a bass there with them. So I uh, jumped up on stage with them and played bass. And, like, I mean, it's I, – I wasn't doing anything crazy. I was just following the bass notes, you know, whatever, the, um, the root notes and stuff. And so that was how I met Charles, anyways. Um, the next night, we had played, like, a 5 in the morning set. Like, it was, like, a sunrise set that we played. And – their singer actually lost his voice because he was partying too hard. And uh, they, they're they like, all right, let, let's play your songs, Danny. And so we just like, as a, as a full band, we had a saxophone player, a drummer, and uh, my friend Matthew, he picked up the bass and I picked up his guitar. And so we just started playing a full Danny Shaw set pretty much. Nice. And uh, <laughs> so that was how I met Charles. And then later on, it was that November afterward I messaged him and was like, Hey dude, do you want to record some songs with me? And so that's how we ended up getting him onto the, the stuff that's on Spotify now. And also Matthew Hamilton, he is, um, he's going to be my second guitarist, I believe. Um, and me and him met in high school. Um, and we were roommates for a while, even around the time I was 20 and uh, 21 and, um, Roommates in Salem, and we had a ton of fun times at that house together and stuff. And so, you know, since then we've been like really good friends. And um, it was November twenty nineteen. He was like, "Danny, let's let's record an EP for you." And so that's how like me and him really started kind of getting um, involved like more professionally um, as musicians together. Um, he even did like piano on one of the songs that I have on Spotify, that Don't Let the Wind Just Pass. Um, He did the keyboards for that part, and then he recorded all those four songs for me, too. Um, And then, uh, so yeah, and he's just, he's got a really good, just, knack for recording. He's just really good at it. And um, then also there's Brayden, who is hopefully gonna be my bassist eventually. Um, Brayden Jonah Hirsch, he, uh, or BJ for short, He's uh me and him we were in a band together in high school even um which I had mentioned earlier is called painted mm-hmm. and so me and him just kind of have this like really uh we're just really um in tune with the way each other write lyrics especially um and just like we really kind of you know, we get stoked about the same type of thing in music, you know, whenever, whenever we come up with a cool line or something, like, I'm just like, oh, I have to show this to BJ real quick, you know, and, uh, and he'll always, like, you know, be just as into it as I am, so it's always fun writing music with him, um, it's tough to get him into, uh, you know, onto stage, onto, into the studio, into anywhere, because he's, you know, he's a busy guy, he does his own thing often, but, um, Trying to get him into it, so you know those are those are my three prospective members. Hopefully, that I'm gonna get in. I I want to do a three, maybe a four piece band. So eventually, that's that's kind of the goal, and I feel that it makes such a substantial difference having even just drums. I haven't done a full set with drums and bass mm-hmm. on on my songs, um, but really excited to the the times that I've played with drums it's just been phenomenal um the crowd response is always that much better you know because drums are what people actually dance to you know and so it's fun to see everybody dancing
1: yeah that's awesome uh as we're starting to kind of wrap up uh I wanted to ask you just like I asked uh Dean's Aunt Jello and Onion Machine do you have a song recommendation for our listeners as we close out
2: yeah, I do. I, I actually spent some time thinking of the perfect song recommendation. <laughs> nice, and um the the one I'm gonna have to go with, it's um from a band that's super inspiring for me called Dispatch. Um and the song name is The General. It's a song I, I learned about it when I was like fifteen and immediately was like, Okay, I need to learn how to play this on guitar and and so I did and I'd always cover that song. But that's it's a Huge inspiration of mine, uh, Dispatch. So check out the general by Dispatch. Um, and one other song is by a band called Three for Silver. They're actually from Portland. Um, I learned about them at the Oregon Country Fair originally, and they're like this uh, really heavy, like it's they call themselves like acoustic exotica is mm. what it is. But if you if you like really epic bass lines and then like really growly raspy voices, these guys would be for you. Um, three for Silver. Check out the song This Time Tomorrow.
1: And uh, do you mind giving our audiences another reminder of the next couple of shows you got going on?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so it's uh, April 22nd. It's going to be at the Ant Hill here in town. Um, if you need the address, just add me on Instagram, music by Danny Shaw, and uh, um, just DM me. I'll, I'll send you the address. And then also the next night, April 23rd, I'm playing at the Blue Dragon in Eugene. Same thing. Just uh, ask me for the address and I'll get it to you.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today. This was a lot of fun. Yeah,
2: thank you so much for having me. This was fun.
1: Yeah, it was wonderful. So everybody, make sure to check out Danny Shaw on all streaming platforms. That's D-A-N-N-Y space S-H-A-W or follow at Music by Danny Shaw on Instagram for updates on gigs and new releases. You can find the link to Danny's Bridge City Sessions performance in our bio and keep listening to the very end of this podcast to hear a little bit more of his song, Pushing Daisies. Thank you so much for listening to Beyond the Page. If you're listening to us on iTunes, then make sure you subscribe to get updates when a new episode is released. And we always love to hear from you, so don't be shy. Leave us a review. Give us a follow on our socials at OSU Prism, that's at O-S-U-P-R-I-S-M, or check out our website, which is linked in the description. Big thanks to KBVR-FM for your support in getting this podcast out on the radio, and thank you to Orange Media Network for making this podcast possible. Remember, the new edition of Prism, out on the stand, March 4th. Follow us for updates. We will see you next time when we journey beyond the page.